obviously, but I had another friend uh, who just mentioned that he's good friends with a billionaire and you, I won't say the name, but this person owns airlines and a lot of different products. And the person didn't have 50 grand to give cash. They were super illiquid. All their stuff was in paper. It was, it was on paper in the businesses. And it was this moment of like, wow, money can fall through fingers fast. All right, everyone, welcome to the Smart Money Parenting Show. This is your co-host, Chad Willardson with Scott Donnell. How you doing, Scott? Doing good. Ready for another good episode, man. This is going to be a great conversation. Yeah, so this is coming right after Christmas, and people are going to be really relating to one of these two profiles, I would say. And we're talking today about spenders versus hoarders. Those who just want to, you know, they touch the money and then it's gone immediately. And those who want to collect and save and hoard and wrap everything up and just basically, you know, this person who never throws away receipts, tickets, stubs, just ribbons, like bracelets, like everything. They just hoard everything. And then there's those who just want to blow money and, you know, get rid of everything. And it's it's kind of interesting. So today we're going to talk about spending versus hoarding, a little bit about the personality types and what the difference is. And maybe how you can identify it and deal with it. So, Scott, give us a little bit of insight. Spenders versus hoarders. Yeah, we realized this when we were um, recently finishing our uh, family money skills course. So, if if our listeners don't know, we launched the content side of this show and of Gravy Stack, the app. It's called DinnerTable.com. So, you can go to because where do the most important conversations happen in your home? Dinner the table. Dinner, Absolutely. The dinner table. So, we launched dinnertable.com and you can go there and see what our content is around this. We have a, a seven family money skills course. It's our waging war on entitlement course for you. It's a, it's a just, this is our opus. This is our manifesto to help your family thrive financially, how to walk your kids through every money skill, step one through four, how to do the value creation mindset, how to do the home economy system, how to set up these incentives where they're motivated on their own to grow. And while we were filming that, one, one certain topic came up and it was this topic of spending and this, this topic of spending versus hoarding. And, and I realized some things that I want to talk about today with you. So, you know, most people fall in the category of, you know, spending loosely or spending miserly, which would right. be more of a hoarding mindset, right? And there's- a And I want, I'll say this before we get into that part, Scott, is that there's a difference between cheap and frugal. Yeah. You know, frugal is like someone who maybe they look for a discount online. Maybe they, you know, maybe they're they're looking for coupons. They're looking for deals. They're, frugal is they're on smart. a budget. They're smart. Yes, fr frugal smart. Cheap is is not cool. Cheap is different. Like cheap, cheap doesn't do what they need to do. Cheap sends their kid to the potluck with no. They don't bring food like they're supposed to. And they just say, go eat all the food from everyone else. Like cheap is not, not the misers, goal. Right. Misers. Yeah, misers. It's, it's a selfish attitude to be cheap. Frugal. Uh, hey, you're on a budget. You're being tight. You're being careful. That's different. Cheap. It's a whole different attitude. Yep. Yep. We want people to be on a budget. We want people to be frugal. Yeah, frugal is smart. Frugal, Fru frugal turns into financial freedom someday. Yep. Frugal is actually can be generous as well. Frugal sure. can be happy and content, but cheap, sure. and, cheap and miserly are, are, are a selfish attitude. They never pay their share of the of the bill. Uh, yep. They they're freeloaders. They want to get away yes. with every little thing. They're uh, takers. They're not givers for sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
So as we're looking through this idea, you know, you kind of fall in the hoarding side or the spending side, um, but then you got to kind of take a, a deeper look. And so when we started to realize this, we, we started to understand that our money profiles really fell in one of those two categories. So here's what we see. If you're on the hoarding side or the you you move past the frugal side, it starts with practical or consumer spending, right? So that is it. You're kind of on the line when you're like, I'm just going to be practical. But then if you keep going like, okay, well, I don't need those shoes. Okay, well, I don't need the snowshoes. Okay, well, I don't need any shoes. And like, you just keep going, right? Yeah. And yeah. and all of a sudden you've fallen into this line of of the hoarder side where you're like, actually, where is that coming from? Is it a fear-based thinking? Scarcity. Are you... it, it, it's a, if you get to the extremes, it's not healthy. Right. That's for sure. Right. It's a scarcity mindset. Um, the, the world does not, the pie will not get bigger tomorrow for us. It's actually going to always stay the same. And so I have to be close fisted around right. every dollar I get, not going to give it, not going to part with it. It's mine. And I got to hold it for as long as possible. Cause I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. And the, you know, either the way you were raised or the way you were taught or experiences in your life tell you that it's going to, something bad can happen right around the corner. So we love the idea of being financially smart with an emergency expense fund. Like you should have six months of an emergency expense, right? The average American has less than a thousand dollars for an issue that comes up in an account. We want you to be saving for that. That is smart money parenting. Have that emergency bu budget for things that come. But if you're just like hoarding every dollar and you're really worried about every dollar and you only buy if it's like a basic necessity for a only like practical and only the consumer stuff that I got to eat, all those things without a goal. You're just fearful, right? I get, I love people that are um, thrifty because they have a goal that they want to reach, right? But I don't like it when someone's like, I'm just worried about tomorrow. So I'm going to hold on tight to everything and hoard as much as I can get, right? That's what you have to be careful of. But then on the other side, the spend side, we have to buy things to live. We understand that, duh, right? You got to buy things to live. But when you get into the status or emotional side of spending, that's when you become like spend to the max person, right? Way yep. too much spending, yep. overspending, credit card debt, out puncher coverage kind of spending. And I, that Well, I'll give a quick story, Scott. Someone, an extreme spender. I remember someone who was, a startup founder, their company, they had raised money from investors who were close family and friends, and the company was not making any money yet. And they were doing extravagant, extravagant vacations every couple weeks. The wife was posting her $3,000 brand new stroller for their baby. They were spending into the oblivion as if they were making millions upon millions. And yet they weren't. And it was just this obsession with the finest, nicest things. And it wasn't really to have. It was more to show. It was all yeah. about showing it on social media. And if you can afford all the nicest things, great. That's great. But if you can't, do not be that aggressive spender that's just blowing money just so they can be seen as someone who's successful when you're not. Right. And I think that's the issue. If you have already invested and saved and shared generously and you have a spend bucket to that in and your needs are covered, right? right. You're, you, if you have a business that's profitable, if you have family, you have net, 
you have the emergency expense, you've got everything covered, your needs are you're taken care of, then you have money left over for the wants. You got freedom. Yeah, you got more freedom. Enjoy the heck out of it. We want that to turn into millions of dollars for you. Great. If you cover the bases, then go for it. But the problem is when people use it as status, right? Or, yep. or we call it kind of like the bling spender. If you're looking at these things for status, like I want to drive around in this because it'll make me look this way. I want to wear this watch or have this hairdo or these plastic parts on my body because of what it's going to make me look like out there better than, you know, as, as good as possible out in the public. You got to be careful about that because a lot of people on social media are giving you their highlight reels. They're giving you a fake status and there's what's actually behind it. I mean, Chad, you can speak to this. You're not going to, yep. you're not going to name any names, but you work with some of the world's most amazing people, or you interview people as prospects yep. that, you know, when the tide goes out, their pants are down. <laughs> yeah. What I've told, what I've told my family is what I've learned in 23 years in my industry is that you actually have no idea about someone's actual true financial situation from the outside. You have no idea. They could be way wealthier. They could be way broker than you know. And you will never know because I know people who are, they look successful and they're mega successful and people don't know. I know people who look like they're in poverty. They're mega successful. I know people who look super wealthy, very successful. And they've interviewed, they've talked to me about what they need to do. And they're looking for loans because they're close to filing bankruptcy. And yet everyone on the outside praises them for their great successes and all their wisdom and all this, you know, all this fanfare over nothing. But if people knew the real story of their actual balance sheet and their cash flow statement, they are a financial wreck. Yep. So just trust me when I say, and, and I'm not saying you, sh you know, you need to look like you're struggling if you're successful at all, because I don't do that. I'm not living like, uh, you know, me, like me I'm neither. broke. Me neither. And, and neither are you. But I will say this. You cannot judge someone from the outside and actually think you understand their finances. You just don't know. So you never know. They could be, if they're driving a super fancy car, they could easily afford it or they could be just living, teetering on the edge of financial collapse just so they can drive it. And you will not know the truth unless you look at all their financial stuff. And that's what I've done. So I'm just telling you, people make money decisions based on emotions and it's usually fear or greed. It's those two sides that drive people to make money decisions. It's it's extreme fear or it's extreme greed. So you want to be a much more balanced and steady, smart money parent and avoid those extremes of fear and greed where you really get into trouble with your money. Yeah. yeah. I have so many stories of this. People that you would see on social media, people that you think are Insta famous, that are huge on TikTok, that have all these businesses, that have all these things. And then Chad and I know these people, you guys. We yep. know who these people are. We're friends with yep. these people. I have thousands of them in my phone. You would be amazed. I had a friend just ask for a $75,000 loan who has you know, done nine figures in business, hundreds of millions of dollars in business. And it was like, what is going on? Let's have a conversation. Right. Yep. I won't say any names, obviously, but I had another friend uh, who just mentioned that he's good friends with a billionaire and you I won't say the name, but this person owns airlines and a lot of different products. And the person didn't have 50 grand to give cash. They were super illiquid. All their stuff was in paper. 
I was, it was on paper in the businesses and it was this moment of like, wow, money can fall through fingers fast. You think yeah, that I, I get the exit. Once I get the bonus, once I get this right. salary, we're set. Nope. You're spending always increases unless you watch it carefully. Yeah. Your money habits are very, very important and your money attitudes. It's very important. And I, I have a friend, someone that you actually know that seems like they're very modest background, very modest family. And he told me confidentially that for Christmas, he paid off his parents' house, which was pretty freaking awesome. And he said, he said, I'm not telling anybody, but my parents, you know, we used to have a tough relationship. They, they had a lot of struggles as kids. It was not a great upbringing. And he said, I just felt, just felt inspired and motivated inside to do something special and unique to really help out my parents. And he's like, I paid off their house. And um, they don't know it yet. They're going to find out officially on Christmas this week. So Epic. just, you, and, and if you looked at that guy, you'd be like, oh, he, he does okay. You know, he does fine. But you would, you would not think that he could just scratch a check like that for six figures to pay off his parents' house. Those are my favorite people. We were like, yeah, this is a good dude. Solid yeah. dude. This is a solid woman. She's, they're yeah. nice. They're kind. They're generous. They're a lovely, lovely family. And then all of a sudden, behind the scenes, you're like, "Whoa, these people are rock stars financially," <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, but yeah, they no don't idea. they don't flaunt it. Um, so yeah, so status is one of the biggest things that causes overspending. Um, and then the other thing that we need that we realized was the emotional side of spending. Um, shop therapy, shopping, yep. shopping is therapy. Spending is therapy. Um, I think this is one of the biggest issues in marriages where one spouse is more of a saver and one is more of a spender. It can cause so much conflict if you don't understand where these things are coming from, right? Are you spend, Are you buying things to, to e either as like recovery from an issue or, man, I just got to go get all these things because I'm going to celebrate. I just got through a hard day or I'm having a hard time. So I'm going to go blow all this money on stuff, whether it's online retail Amazon, I'm going to go do massage, nails, go out to the bars, whatever you want to do, buy this car. Sometimes people do like they have what would be considered like a midlife crisis every year, you know? Yep. So yeah, and it's it, all based on emotion. It's all emotion. And if you can remove money as emotion, you will be a smart money parent, or you can continue down these paths and pass it down to your children. Because I think what we don't realize as a society that most of our habits, whether it's on the hoard side or the spend, you know, the spendy side, come from something that happened in our childhood. For sure. It, com it comes from a, a something that we saw with our parents or we saw with difficulties in the home or with relatives or friends or things that happened when we were in school where some other kid said something about what we were wearing or how we looked or they wouldn't let us into the cool club because we didn't have X, Y, Z. All these things really impact your financial decisions for the rest of your life. And until you, you know, dig it up and deal with it and deal with it. it. Yeah. Face it. Face, face the truth. it. Where face. does this come from? Maybe it was, you probably went extreme opposite from something that happened as a child. Mm -hmm. And that kind of drives you or motivates you. So recognize, are you a hoarder or a spender? How can you rein those emotions in? How can you be a little more steady when it comes to money decisions? I think that's very important. Yeah, without without healing, we overcorrect. And that's the truth a, that's a great statement. Yeah. 
without healing, we always overcorrect what happened to us financially as a kid on both sides. If you grew up in a poor home or you grew up in a rich home, we can we tend to overcorrect if we have not healed from it. And what we don't heal from, we pass down. So what, what Chad and I are saying is we don't want you to overcorrect because it's going to cause another set of problems for the future generations. What we want you to do is to correct. We want you to get go back to center, go back to balance, know your blind spots, understand where you might be overspending or you might be on the hoarding side and really have a balanced approach. This is why we're big fans of like automatic buckets for your money, right? You are automatically, without having to make a decision emotionally, you are automatically taking part of every dollar you make and it's going into investing. It's going into saving, paying yourself first. It's going into sharing and generosity because that's the kind of person you want to be. And then you have the rest that's in your say in your spend account that goes on needs first and then for the wants. And if you keep those parameters and you take away the emotion, take away the status, take away the fear, because that's what it does, that actually removes the hoarding fear. And now you have the freedom that will give you so much more contentment for your future and keep you balanced on the financial scale. Love it. Love it. I think this is a great way to wrap up. We really try to give some insights and, and valuable thoughts for you guys to consider as a family. Think about the money personalities that you've got. Think about maybe the deep roots that are causing you to feel a certain way when you spend or when you keep and save and hoard. And just try to be as steady and unemotional about your money decisions as you possibly can. So thanks again for another great episode. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, please give us a review. You know, share a little something that you've learned on our show. We hope please. that you'll... We yes. Please, sir. Pretty please. May I have another review? Yeah, I mean, come on. We we are uh we're doing what we can here to give you great little nuggets of wisdom. So, do us a favor please and just get on there just for a minute, say something nice about the show. Thank you guys for watching, listening, tuning in, subscribing. Thanks to our sponsor Gravy Stack, and we will see you around soon. See you on the flip side everybody. Take care.